grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Summertime is so much fun growing up. Anybody just love your childhood memories in summertime? I mean, it was the best, right? I mean, no school, lots of fun, camps, swimming. Who, what's not to like? But as a Lutheran, I, of course, have to have tension in my life. So I, uh, I was an only child. And both my parents would work, and so I think that's why I relate to this story of a boy named Greg ever so well. You see, Greg was a young boy who saw his friends going outside to play ball with their dads. They would play catch, they'd do some practice pitching, dads would pitch to the boys, and they'd practice their batting. Rather than feel sorry for himself that his father wasn't around, this young boy, Greg, decided that he would go and he'd play too. Greg would simply pretend that his father was in the yard throwing to him. So he did, how many of us did this, either with a wiffle bat or for real, you take a bat, you take a ball, and you go up and you throw them to yourself, right? So much fun. Well, Greg went out and he'd take his ball, threw it up in the air, totally whiffed, caught nothing but air. Must have played for St. Ball softball. Oh, sorry, I'm just kidding. Anyway, he whiffed, and he saw it go to the ground, but... Have you ever been to that point in your life where you're doing something and you think you're alone? I think Tiffany had a song back in the 80s. I think we're alone now. You know, I think it was that kind of thing. And, and he thought he was alone. And all of a sudden, he hears from his neighbor's yard, strike one. There's a neighborhood boy watching him the whole time. Greg picks up his ball, throws it up in the air. Two. Picks up the ball. It's going to hit it this time. Throws it way up in the air. Had good spin, good rotation. Takes his shoulder, makes sure it's up. Swings, throws his hand at the ball. Whiff. Strike three. You're out. Greg looks at the boy and he says, you know what? Neighborhood kid says, you're a lousy hitter. Greg looks at him, looks at the ball smiles, picks up the ball. He says, you know what? I'm not a bad, I'm not bad at baseball. I'm not a bad hitter. I'm a really good pitcher. I'm so good, I just struck myself out. <laughs> That's right. In this life, it's easy to point out the faults in others. It's easy to see failure, even our own with ourselves. And all too often, it's easy to identify our failures and what's wrong with life rather than look at the accomplishments and what's good in life. Too often, we name our shortcomings without naming our accomplishments. Last week, we heard a story of a very extravagant sower, a very extravagant farmer who was throwing seed everywhere. And the seed was going in places like rocky terrain, hard terrain, uh, even thorny terrain, and also on some good soil. And we heard how God does this, not because God is a bad farmer, but because God loves us so much, he gives in abundance. God gives us in abundance. And even in those times where we need to be tilling our heart, we need to be moving those things that interfere with our relationship with God out of the way, even in the midst of all that, just like as a flower springs up in between a crack and a sidewalk, God will find good soil in us. And God's blessings will come to us in that way as well as we constantly till. 
So today, if you like parables, if you like stories, then Matthew 13 is your book in the Bible, your chapter in that book. And we come to Jesus and he's telling us another parable. It's a pretty interesting story. I think we hear Jesus in the story of the wheat and the weeds. I think we hear a couple of things. Number one, life has with it a lot of good mixed with a lot of bad. So be careful. Be careful. Remember, God is the only righteous judge. And we as God's children are saints and sinners at the same time. Number two, stop thinking that you know everything because you don't. There was a lady named Karen who was a Midwestern housewife, and she was on her first trip ever to Las Vegas. Now, I'm just telling you I'm a pastor. I'm not saying you should all go to Vegas, okay? I'm just saying she did. And she left last year, and she had a great time. She had done very well playing slot machines for herself, and she won a full bucket of quarters. Needing a break, she left the casino floor and headed toward the elevators, taking her bucket with her. She steps into the elevator, but before the door is shut, four beefy, leather-clad African-American gentlemen step in. Karen clutches her bucket close to her body. After a moment of pretty awkward silence, one of the men says, Hit the floor, lady. She does. Boom! Quarters fly everywhere. The men start busting out laughing and help Karen collect her winnings. One of the men explains as the elevator is finally going up, he didn't mean for her to get down on the ground. He meant for her to actually select the floor to go to. <laughs> so the whole time, these guys are helping her get her quarters back into her bucket. The, the elevator finally goes, ding, and she gets off with all of her quarters and a very, very red face. A little bit later after dinner, Karen goes up to her room again, and she finds a dozen roses delivered to her room with a hundred with a hundred dollar bill on each and every rose. And there was a note attached that said, Thank you so much for the best laugh I've had in years. Signed, Eddie Murphy. Now, this is one of those urban legends that you see passed around on the internet, and it's probably not true, but it does make a good point as it makes us laugh. We're not always good at discerning the weeds from the weed, are we? Sometimes our own preconceptions and our own prejudices tend to get in the way. But we like to make differentiations, don't we? We like to boil things down to one thing or another. And if that's true, then let me ask you this. When you look at life, what do you see? Do you see the weeds in your lawn or do you see the grass? Do you see a poor batter or a great pitcher? Do you look at people as basically saint or sinner? When you hear the parable of the wheat and the weeds, as this is often called today, what do you concentrate on? The wheat or the weeds? Clearly, the servants in this parable concentrated on the weeds. I mean, after all, they wanted to pull them up immediately upon identifying them. The landowner, on the other hand, had wisdom. Wisdom to know that the wheat needed to grow alongside the weeds until the proper time, the time of harvest. Commentators insisted that the reason that the landowner wanted to wait is that this was a kind of weed called darnel. And it looks very much like 
wheat in its early stages of growth. It would be difficult for the servants to know the difference between what is good wheat and bad weeds. So if you pulled at the wrong time, you could pull up the roots of the wheat as long as well as the weeds. So the wise farmer of that day would say, go ahead and let it grow up. We'll concentrate on growing the wheat and harvesting later and throwing out the weeds. At that point, something could be done. What's important for us to take away from this, I think, is that Jesus tells us that this, is, in the, this parable is what the kingdom of God is like. What, what Jesus says is, in essence, what is done in the past is done. You can't undo the sowing of the seeds that brought up the weeds. You can't undo that. Of course, we can't always tell the weeds from the wheat or the saint from the sinner. So we must leave, therefore, the sorting to God to do at some point in the future. In the meantime, Jesus tells us not to focus on the weeds, but rather focus on growing wheat. In this world, we often have to so much take the good with the bad. But there are some people who would rather not live with that tension in their life. So they'd rather throw the proverbial baby out with the bathwater than recognize that good does exist even in the midst of hard and bad things. These are people who assume that everyone receiving a welfare check is a deadbeat. These are people who think that every single politician is a crook. These are people who see someone who looks like an immigrant and assumes that they're an illegal alien. These are people who complain that church is always asking for more money. These are people who don't come back to church because one person said something or perhaps didn't say something. All they see in this world are weeds. Anybody have that person in your life? That all they see is the weeds? All they see is a person who can't hit a ball. God shows us and calls us to a better way. We are not to focus on the negative in others. Because when we do that, we leave little room to love them. And to see who God made them to be. But we do this with God too, don't we? It's not just limited to us. We do this with God sometimes. We ask God, why did this happen? I've, I've been through a couple things this year in 2014, a few deaths in my family. We're up to four, and five is probably around the corner soon. And in the midst of that, I can tell you firsthand, you can go two ways with it. God, why in the world does this happen? Or perhaps we could ask the question, God, how in the world can this bring you glory? I don't see it right now. Please show me so that you may be praised and glorified. Jesus came and lived, and lived and suffered and died and rose again three days later so that you and I, all, who us, all of us who have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, would have forgiveness, everlasting life, and freedom in Christ's name. There were some in this life who would rather the world come together through a common enemy. Anybody remember, what's that old saying? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. That may be how the world wants us to come together, but that's not what Jesus is saying here. That's not how God would have us to come together. There are some people who would much rather focus on the negative and combat that, but Jesus says, let's not worry about the weeds, let's worry about growing the wheat. Rather than focusing on a common enemy, Jesus calls us to focus on the common good. 
Rather than looking towards Satan, Jesus calls us to look towards God the Father. Rather than seeing what separates us and makes us different from one another, Jesus calls us to look for what unites us. What are we for rather than what are we against? And God loves you so very much that Christ bore all the judgment that was ours on himself, on the cross. And on the third day, when he rose again, not only did he raise to new life himself, he raised us to new life so that judgment and wrath would be replaced by grace and mercy. That, that love would overcome hate. And if God went through such lengths to give us that gift, should not we follow his example as well and look for love before we look to hate, to look for the good in others before we look for the bad. May we leave the judgment to God and may we seek to see others through God's eyes and may we live in gratitude for the salvation we all have in Jesus Christ's name, amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, amen.